0: Good morning, my name is Matt. Uh, I'm generally one of the awkward guys in the videos. <laughs> Except for this week, I'm the awkward guy. It's a, it's a theme, it's okay. <laughs> so why don't we start with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for today. I thank you for these moments. I thank you for each one that you've called to be here today. I pray that you would speak, that you would reveal, that you would encourage and build up. And... Uh, yeah, I just give you the first service, I give you right now, Lord, I ask you to move and to do what only you can do. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So I want to start with a question. What do you give the person who has everything? Friendship. Friendship. Kissing <laughs> Still coming, kiss and a hug. <laughs> Kiss and a hug, anything else? What do we give the person who has everything? Nothing. Nothing. Well, for the sake of the message. (laughs) That's telling, right? For the sake of the message. For the sake of the message, we give them purpose. We give them purpose. Because I want to start with the passage and and kind of work around it today, and apply truth to it today. And the passage is written by King Solomon. And the thing with King Solomon was, he literally had everything, everything, he owned everything. And he was the wisest man who ever lived. So the richest, most powerful, wisest man that ever lived was still lacking true significance in his viewpoint of what life was. And we have Ecclesiastes, which we can bring up please. And Ecclesiastes paints a very kind of dreary picture about what life is. Life is a series of events that we can't control. And for the most part, all of these things are true, and I'm going to read them in a moment. But as we look at this, I really want to see the reason and the importance and the purpose behind these life events, behind the seasons of our life. Because we all go through seasons, and we really want them to matter. We want our seasons to mean something not just that we're along for the ride. So if you want to turn with me in your Bible, you can. If you want to read from the front, you can. If you want to just listen, great. Ecclesiastes 3, 1-8 For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to war and a time to hate. A time oh sorry, a time for love and a time to hate, and a time for war and a time for peace. It's a little hypnotic chapters three, one to eight. That's a thorough list. That is a thorough list of seasons we will most likely walk through each and every one of them. And Solomon is saying, this stuff's going to happen. You're either going to be on this side of the coin or this side of the coin. You're going to be on the happy side, you're going to be on the sad side. You're going to be on the hurting side, you're going to be on the healthy side. It's just... Flip, flip the coin. That's what's happening. This is the biggest things we walk through. The seasons of our life, which which is the wave that we ride, are nothing more than a flip of a coin. Is is that all? It is. Our seasons dictate the whole trajectory of our life. It's a series of seasons pushing us from the beginning of our time to the end. And I really hope there's something more than... I really hope there's something more than that. Because our seasons are no little thing. They're no little thing, and yet Solomon, who had everything, including almost infinite wisdom, says it doesn't matter. It just it doesn't matter, and that left me with some really big questions. And I only want to answer one today. I only want to answer one. Before that, let me define a season. I would invite you to contribute to my definition, if you like. A season to me is a period of life with an undisclosed end date that is out of our control and can be good or bad, easy or hard, restful or heavy. Season. But looking at this passage, I was just overcome with the question, there's got to be something more to our life than this. And I asked a few major questions, and I just want to answer one today. And that's simply what, is the, <laughs> simply, what is the purpose of the seasons of our life? What purpose do our ups and downs, easies and hards, joys and sorrows have in this life that we're called to live. If we can make sense of that, even a little bit, I think that's that's a good thing. According to Solomon, th- there is no purpose. We work. We try to enjoy our work. Call it good. Call it a day. And we often end up asking the most questions about our circumstances when it's not going very well. How many of us, on the best season of your life, stop and go, I really wish there was some meaning here. Like, God, tell me why I'm going through this. I have money in my bank account. I got lots of friends. What is the meaning of this, God? I don't get it. I need to go up for prayer or something. I don't get what's going on in my life. So we're generally asking these questions when it's not going well. And really, every time we shout out, Why, God, why is this happening? It's a question of, I don't see a purpose in what you're asking me to go through. What is your purpose? Why? What is your purpose? Why is a question of purpose? And I hope to explore three things that I believe God wants to do through these seasons. And the three things are this. To grow our faith, to grow our maturity, and to grow our unshakable contentment our faith, our maturity, and our contentment. You know, the longer I'm on earth, like when I get to 38 or 39 years, it's going to be crazy. But, see? But I'm at 36. I'm at 36 years, and it's, and it's going well. But I'm more convinced today than I was yesterday, and I'm going to be more convinced tomorrow, I'm sure of it, That everything in life wants to expose the faith we do not have or invite us into a faith that is waiting. Everything is about faith. Every single thing is about faith. Dave mentioned this in communion. It's from Mark chapter 9. The man that says, Lord, if you're willing, will you heal my child? If you're willing. And Jesus calls him on it. Am I willing? Am I able? Who who do you think you're asking? And he replies with, I believe, but help my unbelief. And this is a, a little micro environment of everything we do in life declaring the little bit of faith that we have and knowing that we need more I got a little bit but thank you for exposing the whole lot that I'm still missing and that's okay it's okay 2 Corinthians 4:16 to 18 speaks of the faith that can grow in the seasons of our life 2 Corinthians 4:16 to 18 Says this, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, they're fleeting. But the things that are unseen are eternal. That could be a hard thing to hear. The greatest thing you need to hear in every circumstance, you can't see. So look out for it. Really? Like, that's your advice. Look for the thing you can't see and then you'll be there. That's hard. That is hard. And Paul's not talking about little slivers that the church had in its pews that the congregation was sitting on when it said light and momentary affliction. He wasn't saying, I realize you need a sander on those pews and then your affliction will be over, but keep looking at what is unseen. This was serious persecution that we don't know yet. And yet he's saying, these things are fleeting and falling away. Keep looking to what is eternal. And we need faith to see that which is unseen. Faith is the glasses that we put on to see those things. Faith is the glasses we keep putting on. So we can see and grow in every situation. Especially when all the circumstances around it say otherwise. Faith is looking to God in our seasons. And it's crucial to find purpose. So the first thing we want to grow is faith in the reason and the purpose of our seasons. And the second is we want to grow in maturity. you could probably have a three-part series on maturity through seasons but i have just a little bit for today if we want to grow in maturity if we want to be a people of maturity it's a lot of it is going to come through the seasons of life and not missing what god has for us in those james 4:13 to 15 says this james 4:13 to 15 At first, you think he's he had spent too much time in Ecclesiastes by all this mist talk. That's true. We are just a mist. We're just we're just vapor. It will evaporate very quickly, and then it will all be all be done. But he doesn't leave it there. James is actually pointing and inviting us into great maturity, a great maturity of thinking about the Lord when he says. Everything that we do depends on whether the Lord wills us to do it or not. Which really speaks to the randomness that Ecclesiastes is talking about. Well, all this stuff just happens, flipping a coin. And James is saying, don't forget that whether you flip a coin or not has no bearing on how God decides it to land. God still chooses which side of the coin it lands on. He still chooses who flips the coin. He still chooses how windy the room is. He still chooses if they use their right hand or their left thing. Right? He still chooses. God chooses. a beautiful sign of maturity. I believe our maturity comes from seasons that preach deep into our souls, telling us again and again and again that despite what our circumstances tell us, God is in control and we are there because He wills us to be there whether we get it or not. That is set in stone for sure. It wasn't some sly thing while God had turned his back to get something out of the refrigerator. Right? But more than this, another aspect of maturity that is so important is experience. An experience of learning some lessons as we go through the seasons of life. Experience in learning these lessons. So helpful. Because one of the biggest laments that we struggle with in seasons, especially hard ones, and again, you don't hear this a lot from people when it's going really well, is when, when is this going to end? God, just tell me when this is going to be over. Tell me when it's going to be over. I just need to see, I just need to see the end in sight. Just a light, even at the end. I don't even care how far it is. I just want to see a light. I need some perspective. And experience is that perspective. Sometimes we've learned it along the way. But more often than not, it's experience coming up beside of us. And it's the people around us that have walked through it. That have walked through things longer. That come alongside of us and speak life when we don't know what's going on. We don't know when the end is. One of the things that's important to see with some of the seasons of life is there's always two parts to each season. There's the side we really, really love or we really, really cherish, and the side that we don't like as much. For instance, we just love spring. We we love spring. We love flowers. We love leaves coming out. We love it's getting warm again. We love muddy shoes. We love dirty carpets. We love those things, right? No, we take them alongside with it. Summer. We love the heat. We love vacations. We love going on holidays. We love sun tanning. We love sunburning. We love mosquitoes, right? That those aren't all good things? What about winter? Winter surely is all good, right? You got Christmas. You got a budget meeting. You got January. To April. May. Right? You got those things. So there's lots going on in the season. An experienced person will come alongside of us. And they're going to help us to make sense of those things. They're going to give us a fuller picture of what we're going through. It's really, really helpful. So maturity helps us to have a full picture of our season. Thirdly, contentment. So through the seasons of life, we want to grow in maturity. We want to grow in our faith. And we want to grow in our contentment. This is one of the hardest things. So Ecclesiastes 2.24, which is just before this passage here. King Solomon says this, There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also, I saw it, is from the hand of God. Solomon was so close to getting it. In his great wisdom, he was so close to seeing the big picture of why we do things. Yet at the end of his life, he was still unsatisfied because he felt his life was a waste. Solomon thought his life was a waste. He said, somebody else is going to rule my country. Somebody else is going to take my gold. Somebody else is going to have my people. What was the point? I guess I should just eat as much as I can, drink as much as I can, and make the best of it. That was his view. He had still missed the big picture. All that value, all that prestige, all that contribution, and he didn't see it. That tells us how hard contentment is in our life. Because we don't live like King Solomon did. So contentment is really a challenge for us, really a challenge for us. One of the issues with contentment is this lack of control that we don't get to have. And contentment and control are good buddies. They are really good buddies. If I'm in control, I feel mostly content. If it goes wrongly, I can just blame somebody else. I'm still in control, and I'm still mostly content. And one of the major reasons we lose this contentment is because we lose the control. How much control do we have over the physical seasons of our life? Who can send an email and stop winter December 26th? I would like if you would do that. (laughs) Who could send an email December 26th? Nobody. We don't have that control. We would love to press the button that says, now it's April. Sorry. Now it's June. It's June. (laughs) Right? April is a little sketchy yet. You got to make sure, June you're pretty safe. Right? There's no June button. And it's this lack of control over our circumstances that causes us to really struggle with our contentment. Because we're not in charge. We like to be in charge. We like to have a say. We like to be the one holding the steering wheel. Philippians 4:11 to 13: <clears throat> "Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Paul knew the hills and the valleys of life real well. Really well. His his body would have been a map of, to the hills and valleys of life. He would have been the object lesson if you would have stood him up in front of the church and went, Yeah, it can get pretty bad in life, can't it, Paul? He wouldn't have to answer. You would just, you would see. He bore the marks of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, he bore them with honor. But he knew full well how big of a statement that was to say, I've learned to be content in everything. Because his definition of everything is a lot deeper than ours probably is. We would say everything would include stuff like, my car not starting on time. Or my lunch hour got cut short. Or my friend's... Don't invite me to stuff anymore because they know I go to church. That would be our everything. And his everything would be a little deeper than that. Dying, stoning, being dead, being dragged out of cities, being dropped from baskets, and again and again and again, all for Christ. I'm not saying we're not doing enough what I'm saying is Paul knew full well how crazy of a statement it was to say, I can be content in everything. I can do it. Because he knew what true contentment was. He knew what true contentment was. He knew that him having the Lord in every hill and valley kept him on a straight plane. So that whether high or whether low, his life with Christ was consistent. His life with Christ was consistent. Paul knew who his lighthouse was in Jesus. He knew who his lighthouse was. And this is the same for us today. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. That same Jesus that was enough for Paul to say, I can be content in everything is available to us all the same today. We can say that very same thing. I can be content in everything. And yet all of this is still a little bit incomplete. Because not only does God ordain our seasons Not only does God have a plan for them, but He is literally in every season we are a part of. He walks with us in it. He goes with us in every case in it. Because He sent His Son, Jesus, called Emmanuel, called God with us. That's just some crazy sort of coincidence that He sent Jesus, whose name was actually God with us, And the very thing that we need is a Savior to come and be a God in our situations. Jesus is saying, that's great. That's actually what I like to be known as. I like the name Emmanuel. It suits me well. It fits who I am. It's a good description of me. Why don't you use it more? Why don't you use it when the baby's crying? Why don't you call it Emmanuel? Call it out. Why don't you call it out when you lost your job? Emmanuel. Why don't you call it out when your wife and or husband and you are fighting? Emmanuel. When nothing makes sense, when the pain is overcoming you. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Be that Savior that is with us. In every situation. That's who He is. God with us. One of the huge victories is that through Christ's death on the cross, His shedding of His blood, the Holy Spirit that sent after Him, our seasons no longer have the final say in our life. They feel like they do. They feel like there's no way out. It's never going to turn around. It's never going to get better. This sin issues, never going to go away. This family member of mine that just has rejected Christ and rejected Christ is never going to turn because of Emmanuel God with us coming here dying shedding his blood rising again and filling us with this Holy Spirit life no longer has the final say and that's really good news that's really really good news so how can we live this out how can we live a life that reflects an understanding that we are not alone in our seasons that our seasons matter And that God is using them for our good and for the good of people around us. I have four ways. The first is simply caring for people in season. Seasons are hard. Understanding properly that God is in them doesn't make them joyful all the time right away. We still need to care for each other. Lean on me when you're not strong, I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on, for it won't be long till I'm going to need somebody to lean on. A classic, and it's true. We're all going to take a turn, each and every one of us. Secondly, is that we need to be united through our seasons. One of the worst and easiest ways to squander a difficult season in life is to have people do it alone. To have people do it alone. Galatians 6, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. There is so much riding on how we season with other people for good and for bad. If we get it right, the church can explode. If we get it wrong, the church will implode. That's what it is. That's how important it is that we get uh, bearing each other's burdens well and right. That's why we bring meals. That's why we have community groups. That's why we have huge hoopla's on Wednesday, the 11th, for Dave and Lynn. Hmm? 7 (laughs) p.m. 7 p.m. Where's the sign up again? I get five more minutes if I bring it up. No? Come on. Uh, Call it even. Good. Anyway, it's really important. That was on me. Thirdly, we share supplies. We share supplies. Each season, you need a different set of equipment. Am I right? The clothes that you wear in July aren't very applicable in January. The stuff you wear outside, not very applicable. It's not going to help. Snow tires really don't... They get burned up pretty bad if you, if you have them all summer. And summer tires in winter, that's really a problem. And the truth is, we have this great warehouse ready for the people of Christ if we just use it well. If we understand that we all take turns in season. In the hard season, we really need people to come alongside of us. The truth is, the earth rotates around the sun fairly evenly, except that on an axis, it's all crooked. Like so. Which means that every turn, one person is getting the full blast of winter and one is getting the full blast of summer based on the angle in which you focus at the sun. So we're all getting our turns at separate times. Which means, I don't need my winter stuff when somebody else will. Because we're taking turns. The northern hemisphere and the, and the southern hemisphere are getting summer and winter at different times. So keep that stuff close by the front door. Don't stuff it away too far that you can't get it when somebody needs it. Those boots will come in very handy to somebody else. Those gloves, those ski pants, those winter tires, wakeboards, all that stuff is going to come in really handy. So don't put it too far away. Be available for people when they're in a tough season. Because there really is no off-season. There is no off-season. Second Timothy says we need to be ready in and out of season. There's no off-season to care. Lastly, don't be a snowbird unless God calls you to be a snowbird. There, I've covered all my covered myself. Don't be a snowboard unless God has called you to be a snowbird. And that's simply encouraging you, don't miss the season that God has put you in. That could be the very season to save you and to save a great many other people. And too often we're quick to take flight. This is too hard. This is too hot. This is too cold. This is too challenging. I am out of here. And we could be turning our backs on the very thing that makes all the difference. And an environment that God really, really wants to meet you in. Because it's intentional. He's put you there. Right there. You. There, Not anybody else and not anywhere else. The situation and the season we are in, God has put us there. And we can't get too flighty. Unless God says to get flighty. Or sends somebody to tell you to get flighty. Anyway. Be in the season that God has made us to be. To conclude, God wants to grow our faith... He wants to bring us into deeper maturity and He wants to give us rock-solid contentment in all the seasons of life that we can walk through them, that we can be strong in our faith and that we can bring people along with us. He sent His Son, Jesus, named Faithful and True. See stage left? See stage left. Right up there. Faithful and true. That's not Jesus' email address. That's not a nickname that he got in grade school. That's literally who he is to the core. He is faithful and true. That is his name. That's what he wants to be called. That's what he wants you to understand him as. Faithful and true in every season. Faithful and true. and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you again that where everything else around us makes no sense, you come to bring order. Where everything else is chaos, you bring peace. Where everything else there is questions, you bring understanding. Where everything else is dangerous, you bring safety. Nothing is meaningless, and everything is an opportunity for you to use to grow us, to grow your kingdom, and to glorify your name. I thank you for this time and this word this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen.